I was Googling because my son was having some trouble like focusing and I started Googling things to help him. And I started seeing this like ADHD, like maybe you have ADHD, maybe there, here's a sub, try a supplement for ADHD. And I'm like, well, this sounds exactly like me. Welcome back to the Work From Home Forever podcast. I am your host, Don. So on today's show, we've got our guest, Amanda. So Amanda went home, started working from home due to COVID, and she never went back. So here to tell her story, Amanda, please tell us about yourself. Sure. Hi. Um, I'm happy to be here. So um, I'm Amanda Austin, and I am a marketing consultant. I've been in the business for about 20 years now, um, just doing mostly marketing communications as a generalist. Um, I have different, different jobs, different industries throughout my career, but So my last job was at a biotech company and I was the marketing communications specialist. That company acquired my previous company. So I was sort of just grandfathered in doing whatever they had me doing. So they really, it was a startup. So they didn't really have what you would call a marketing department. It was just me. So I took on this role and really they had no idea what to do with me the whole time I was there. So ended up working there about 18 months and I had been assigned to a new manager. And I had gotten along great with my previous manager. She was in HR, so I was doing a lot of internal communications. And the new manager was just did not click. And, you know, I've had that several times in my career. Just you have a manager who, you know, on paper, it should be fine, but there's just something that does not work well with that person. So, you know, I think it was sort of the perfect storm. It was being home and not being attached really to an office, not seeing her in person. Just, you know, it's it's a little more difficult to communicate when you're working from home sometimes, especially if you don't vibe with that person. So I think it was that. It was the fact that the pandemic really shifted my priorities a lot. And it got me thinking about what I've done, what I'm doing, and what I want to do in the future. So it was April 2021, and I, I'd been working there. I was really stressed out. I was to the point where my blood pressure was high every single day. I was having panic attacks. It was just, it was not a healthy environment. And there was something that happened. We had some kind of disagreement. And I said, I am going to quit this job. And I had nothing lined up, but I just knew that it was stay at that job and continue having horrible health and going downhill and not being there for my family or seeing what's out there, taking the chance and using all this experience I had to help people and to, you know, have a life that I really could be proud of, that my kids could be a more of a part of. So that was a decision I made. And she actually put a calendar invite for what I believe was a scolding or a, you know, talking to And I declined it. And I said, we probably won't need to meet because here's my two weeks notice. And that was just, you know, from the get go, that felt right. And honestly, if it was me being in an office, I would not have made that same decision. It was being home, being independent and seeing like, oh, I don't need the framework of an office. I don't need, you know, a manager in a cubicle beside me 
telling me what to do. I can do this. And she actually challenged me at one point and, you know, I was a marketing manager at that point and she says, well, what do you want to do next? And I said, I don't really know. I, you know, I said, you know, I'm not sure I really want to be like a VP of marketing. That just seems like all the creativity is taken away and all it is is meetings and logistics. And I said, I'm just, frankly, that's not my thing. And she says, well, you need to decide what you want to do because you either keep going and go up this ladder or you have to just be happy where you are. And I said, well, I really want to start a business. And she essentially said I wasn't going to be successful. She said, that's rough. <laughs> she said, um, well, you're going to have to do a lot of work to be able to make that happen. And I took that as a challenge. So that I think that was the seed that was planted. And then it just, you know, went from there. So um, I started my company in uh, May 2021. And I've been doing it ever since. And it's been the best experience of my whole career. Well, good for you. Your former manager, that story you just told, it's definitely one approach to try to motivate an employee, right? But uh, yeah, it's not know very... Your uh, exactly. Know your audience. It's not exactly the most encouraging. It's more you know fear-based and sounds like you are the better for it. You talked a little bit about the physical health and stress and emotions there. Thinking back to that, like, you know, what other stress, you know, when you felt like boxed in, like you said, within an eight to five, one of your LinkedIn posts, and, you know, I follow you on LinkedIn, one of your LinkedIn posts talked about how you can manage your day differently without being boxed into that eight to five. So like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you structure those days and, and make sure you're still on task? Sure. Well, I've learned a lot about myself just before this, it was like these little inklings of like, maybe I'm not doing this right. Maybe I'm making this harder than it needs to be just as far as creativity and, and, you know, forgetfulness and all this. And so when I started working from home, actually, when I was still working there, I was Googling because my son was having some trouble like focusing and I started Googling things to help him. And I started seeing this like, ADHD, like maybe you have ADHD, maybe there, here's the sub, try a supplement for ADHD. And I'm like, well, this sounds exactly like me. <laughs> and, you know, I thought, wow, what if that's me? So I ended up getting an ADHD diagnosis that year that I ended my relationship with that um, biotech company. It was that like a few months later, I got an ADHD diagnosis. And, you know, a lot of women are misdiagnosed, undiagnosed, late diagnosed because it presents differently. And, you know, I joined this like group of, of women who were like, I thought something was wrong with me, but I just have a, a different brain type. So I say all this because that diagnosis, learning how my brain works, helped me better structure my day. And it helped me realize that working from home is really the only option for me in that capacity because I, sure. some days I am tired and some days I just don't have it in me to be creative. I don't have it in me. Like I just want to sit on the couch. And when I would have to drag into work at eight 30 every day, what would I do? I'd sit there and stare at my screen and feel miserable. But working from home, I say, you know what? That's fine. If I can, I can sit on the couch and stare at Netflix for a couple hours feel better, get up and work twice as productively 
as I would have if I was sitting in the office all day because I got to relax, rest my body and regulate my emotions. So um, my typical day, so when I first started, I had um, two kids. So I had at that time, they were second and fifth grade. And then I had a surprise third baby. And she was the, you know, she's the, she's the wild card in my day, honestly, but she's also a very good baby and she sleeps well. So a lot of my day revolves around like how I structure the first part of the day revolves around her. And, you know, it's when she gets up, I get her up, I get her ready in her, her little playpen. And then I will sit and I'll work with her. You know, I'll get on my laptop. A lot of things I'll do, you know, in the mornings if I'm feeling, you know, like it. Maybe I'll do some admin work. Maybe I'll do, you know, invoicing or I'll do social media posts that's like, I don't have to think a whole lot about it because they're already written. And then when she goes down for a nap, I go and work. And I can work for three hours straight and honestly more productive in that three hours because I'm able to balance the rest of the day. The rest of the day is mine. So I can take the time when I have to work and really work. Plus, I get to stay up late. Like, if I need to stay up and work, you know, she's asleep. She sleeps in. I can take a nap if I want to. There's just, there's so much, like, it's this balance that you don't have when you're in an office 9 to 5. Or when you're even in a job 9 to 5. Even if you're working from home, you know, you're always on call. You're always waiting for somebody else to kind of control where you're going and what you're doing and all that. And, you know, now I can say, like, I'm blocking off this time because this is, you know, the time where I have a doctor's appointment or this is the time when I have to go pick up my big kids. You know, it it just lets me be a mother and a business owner and a creative person. And there doesn't have to be like this choice between the two. And that's why I always felt that I had to have, I had to make a choice. I had to either be all in on my job or all in on the mom life. And when I was doing both, I wasn't good at either one and working from home, whatever it was that was, that was, it's the freedom that was added into the equation that's made it so that I can do both of those things and do them pretty well. No, that's really well said, you know, where I think there's a previous guest where she had mentioned that there's an expectation for moms where you have to be a great mom and you have to be a great employee, but there's not always that understanding that one may take precedence over the other on a given day or given week, depending on the you know, kids are sick or exactly. school, bake sale, whatever is happening. And that's priority for you and your family. Yep. So, yep. um, yeah, that's, it's. It's well said. So well, thank you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it too, is this anxiety that, you know, somebody is going to look at me if I'm in a nine to five and they're going to say, oh, she had to leave three days in a row to go pick up her kid or she was sick today or her child was sick today and she was not here. Or I heard her child on a call. It, it's those things that there's somebody in the organization that is not cool with it. And, you know, as much as a lot of organizations say, oh, we are about work-life balance, we want you to do both. I, I feel like a lot of times it's, that's a myth. That's like pie in the sky. This is what we want to, to be able to offer you. But there's always going to be somebody that's got a chip on their shoulder and says, oh, well, that's not fair because she gets to work from home because of her child. You know, I think there's there's that mentality and we're not quite out of that as a society yet. We're not quite to the point where it's like, no, we can still be a good employee 
and have our kids around. Like it's not one or the other. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and the best part about it is that as a self-employed, you know, you start your own agency, all those voices, all that chatter that, that goes away, right? Cause it's all on you. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, you know, you kind of took your control in your own hands. I did. Yeah. Way, I so. mean, sometimes, honestly, I wish there was someone saying, Hey, Amanda, you need to get this done. And you know, that's like this executive function part of ADHD that I struggle with, but you know, there's, there's ways I've learned, you know, as a business owner, you are always growing, you are always learning. And you know, I don't, nothing has been a failure. It's just been a learning process. So the things that I really struggled with in, in my job, like figuring out prioritizing and, you know, forgetting when a meeting was or forgetting to send an email, I've had to do that myself. I'd have to figure it out myself. I don't have a manager to say, Hey, here's some ways to help. So I think that it's forced me to just be creative and come up with those ideas in Oddly enough, it's like because someone else is not telling it to me, I'm telling it to myself, it's stuck where it hadn't stuck for 18 years up to that point. So it's been it's been a really great way to feel in control of my life and still get oh, to feel productive, still get to do what I love because I always have wanted to work. I mean, nobody wants to work. Nobody dreams of working. But if I have to work, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. And I've never been able to say that about a job. Good. No, that's, that's great for you. That's great for you that you've, like I said, you've identified what's important to you. This is the path. This is what works for you and your family. So kudos to you. So one of the questions I've had is, uh, so you've been working from home now the last three and a half years. When you decided to start your own business, can you walk us through that process? Like, was it a gradual change or I know you said you, you sort of just told your manager, no, I'm not going to come to that meeting. This is a, uh, you know, here's my two weeks, but were you already kind of dipping your toes, like doing it as a side hustle in the past? Or was it just like, boom, I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to go on my own. And, and today is day one. Well, it, it was a side hustle for years and years and years. Um, I, when my son was born, I, decided I don't know where it came from it was just like this voice that was like someday you're going to be running your own business and you're going to be doing this and and you know I didn't know what that looked like and back then I was a mom blogger so you know back in the early you know 2010s that that was the thing it was like oh maybe it's blog influencing maybe it's this or that and over the years I've always had I mean for the past 13 years I've had a side hustle of, of writing for people or, um, doing social media for companies or doing little contract jobs and, and that kind of thing. So, so I was, I've always been doing that. I have a really good friend who started her own agency back, gosh, I think it was maybe 2012. Um, and she hired me on as a contractor to do some things for her for a while. I was writing, I was just doing little things and that kind of showed me, Hey, like there's some potential here. So, you know, fast forward, I think it was, uh, oh, it was 20, 2017. I had been doing the side jobs and like the side hustles. I had a couple social media clients like here and there, and it was a little bit of money, you know, it wasn't a ton, but, and so my mother was, was sick. She, she had cancer and then she ended up having, um, recurring breast cancer and, and she ended up passing away in 2017 and it was August. And I remember she just lingered for a really long time and we were like, Oh, this is awful. And then I said, mom, like I would talk to her and I would say, you know, I'm, I'm 
going to do this thing. Like I'm going to start this business and I'm going to have this freedom and I'm going to, you know, be your legacy. And I think that really is tied forever to my mom. So it's like, now I've said this and I can't let it go because I promised my mom on her deathbed. Exactly. And so that was 2017. And I said, I am going to officially start like the day she dies. Like I'm going to go register my business. And I did. And then it's like, like that sounds morbid, but it's not, it's very encouraging because she was always my biggest fan. And so to be able to say like, yeah, she was my inspiration for doing this. And that was, you know, several years before. So I was really kind of doing and thinking, how is this going to work? What is this going to be like? But it was always this. And I've had so many conversations over the years with people other business owners, other women who have done the same thing. And they said, well, sometimes you just have to just jump because you can't, you can't grow a business and have a full-time job. Like you can have a really healthy side hustle, but if you're going to do all those things and, you know, be there for your family and be an employee and, you know, it's going to be really hard for you. And, and I say that as not as a challenge, as like a encouragement from, from these women. All that time, I was really thinking in those terms. But, I, you know, and I would tell people, you know, in 10 years, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be working from home and doing this. And I've been saying that for such a long time. So when the pandemic happened, when I was home, that part of the dream of working from home, that came true. Then I still had this other part that's like my own business. And, you know, I think that that just had to happen organically. Like I didn't even really try to do it because there was a point where I was really getting like right before the pandemic where I was that close to having enough that I could replace my income. And then the pandemic happened and all of the people that I was working for, all of the small businesses cut their marketing budget because they had to close their doors. And at that time I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go back all into my corporate job. So that was, that was that little tiny setback for a year, but you know, in, in the long run, it worked out. Yeah, that's great. Thinking about your, your company name, Honeycomb Marketing Company, is there any link to that with your mom? And um, well, she would share that. Honey, all the time. She would say, oh, honey, you're doing great. And you know, my little sister and I, whenever we're feeling like, down, I guess, or missing mom or, you know, she, like I said, she was our cheerleader. So there would be times where it wasn't even like we would do something that wasn't even that great. And we would say, mom, look, check out what I did. And she would say, oh, honey, it's great. So that was the first, that was that part of it. But also, um, when I started the company and like named it this before, like incorporated it, um, it was earlier that year, my son was in kindergarten and he was, their kindergarten class was the, the K5 beehive. And so that was all part of it. And then the thought of honey being sweet and the hive being like a collective, like there's lots of different parts to it that have just, you know, morphed over time, I guess. Really, it was my mom calling me honey and the K5 beehive. And then now it's just like, it signifies so much more than that. It signifies, you know, when I write and writing towards people and, and towards your client and towards that customer like voice. There's that, there's just being together, like I said, being together as a hive. So there's lots of different little pieces to it. And it was That's cool symbolism. It was Honeycomb yeah. Social for a long time. And then when I quit my job, I switched to Honeycomb Marketing Co. because I was going to be doing more, you know, 
marketing generalist kind of things. And, you know, as far as my business, like what I've been doing with it, it's, it's also morphed from, you know, just social media to doing sort of that CMO, fractional CMO work. So being that kind of in-between person, being that, um, like supplement your marketing team and, you know, all that's like changed. And that's why I changed it to marketing code because that social is, does not explain it very well. Good. I appreciate you uh, walking us through the symbolism there. And one of the things I'm curious about, you talked about kind of the genesis of your company, but like, what was the process of like internally selling this to your husband, to your family? I know your kids are a little bit on the younger side, but when you said, Hey, there's going to be a change and you're going to be starting your own firm and doing that full time. Like, how did you, you know, sell that internally with a family? So it's actually interesting. This is a, this is a really good question because that was what I had struggled with for the whole time I've been thinking about this. How am I going to say, you know, this is going to be a, a little tight. This is going to be a very different thing, you know. And to be honest, my dad, my dad lives with us um, now at our house. We both sold our houses, moved in together. And he helps a ton with the kids. But my dad has always been definitely like that corporate yes man kind of situation. You know, that's how he was raised. You work for a company for 40 years and then you retire from that company and you've got to have a salary and you've got to have insurance and you've got to have this. And I think at that time, you know, back then he was like, well, you got to be in an office. How could you work from home? You know? And so that was, I was probably more worried about telling my dad. I mean, here I'm a grown woman still worried about what my dad thinks. That you know, there's therapy for that, but never ends, right? It never yeah. ends, yeah. But with my husband, you know, he likes the security of having, you know, my corporate job, the corporate benefits, and you know, as a teacher, he he works for a private Christian school, so it's not like he's rolling in the dough. Even if he was a public school teacher, he wouldn't be. So it was always just like, well, how, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to have to make some sacrifices. But when they saw how sick. I was over this job. It was a really, really easy sell. I mean, I remember the day that like we had this blow up me and the, the, um, uh, my boss had this, it wasn't really a blow up. It was just this disagreement. I remember going into his room and I was in tears. I was hysterically crying. And I said, dad, I can't do this anymore. I cannot work for this woman anymore. And he, you know, he had been with me all day, every day, seeing like how I wasn't eating and I was so anxious. And, you know, he would come in and he'd be like, well, you take your blood pressure, you know, and, and he was worried about me. I mean, he's my dad. So of course, and he says, well, you need to quit. You have to, you have to quit. You know, so I think it, it come to, came to a point where both of them, my husband and my dad, saw that this was not healthy for me. And therefore, it just wasn't sustainable as a family. Like, whatever was coming next with, you know, having less income coming in or, you know, having to switch insurance, none of that was nearly as scary as watching me and, and my health, like, decline from that. And so to sell them on it, you know, it was like, I just told them, you know, this is what I'm doing. And then as I was going, you know, it's like, what do they say? Fly the, build the plane while you're flying it kind of situation. Right. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to spend this time. I'm going to find some new clients. And right away I found a writing client that was sending me like a ton of work. And that was like, 
Like every little piece of this has been just enough to get me to the next part, but to also help me grow. So it's like this client would just drop into my lap. And that's what happened the first like three weeks or, well, I had two weeks of vacation that they paid out to me. So that was like a two week buffer. And then after that, it's like I already had half of my salary put back together, you know, put back in from clients. And then, you know, I had this plan to do more. So it's just, it's kept continuing like that. But, you know, I said to my husband, you know, we're gonna have to make some changes. We're gonna have to, you know, cut out some things like we're not gonna be able to go out to eat as much. But I said, but here's, and this is, I think the, the key to all of this, this is what we get in return. We get to travel and we get to do things with our children and it can be like, you know, he's a teacher. So we had all summer that, that summer off together every single day. And I never had that in the whole time I've, you know, I've had children and I said, you know, here's the trade-off less money, but we have more time together. And that's, you can't get that back. Like once that time's gone, it's gone. And that was an easy sell for him, you know, like to have, have me around to be able to do things with, with the kids. And, you know, like I said, we traveled like that summer, I just took my laptop with me and we took a road trip and I'm in Florida and we drove all the way to uh, New York city and just stop different places along the way. It was like a two-week trip. And it was just such a blast. And I couldn't have done that yeah. with a full-time office job. So that was the trade-off. You know, and so that was it was easy for him to accept this when the trade-off was just so great. Yeah. No, that's that sounds like a, a nice trip, you know, mosey on up the coast and stop and see things and, and not feel rushed, right? Because you're like, oh, I've got five, five, uh, business days, right. That I got to cram it all in and have fun and relax and, yep, exactly. you know, disconnect. And whereas no, I mean, it's truly disconnecting. So it's, it's nice that it's that freedom, right? Yeah. You talked about the making less money and, and from a trade-off standpoint, but if we fast forward five years out, do you think this bet on yourself pays off? And this is a win, not only from a work-life balance, mental health, but also financially. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, my thought process was always, if I'm in a, a full-time job, I will only make a finite amount of money. Like, I'm either going to get to the top of, of how much they're paying this role, and then I'm going to have to find another job and that pays more, and then so on, so on, so on. If I am working from home, I get to have unlimited, like I, I could just work more, or I can have a different product, or I can change my pricing, and I can have as much as I can work and as much as I can sell. So from that point of view, I, I have so many ideas that weren't being utilized as, you know, a, a corporate employee that I could monetize. And, and like, I actually have to step back a lot and say, that's a hobby. I shouldn't be monetizing that because my, my thing is, is always like start a business. You should start a business. And you know, sometimes like, no, you shouldn't start a business, but with like with a hobby, like if you just like to color, don't turn that into a coloring hobby, just color just for the fun of it. So I think that in the long run, once I've gotten, I think the first two years have been really just getting my feet wet in figuring out where I need to be and, and finding a strategy. And I didn't, you know, I was flailing at first that first year. And then I started like 
saying, okay, so, well, and then the second year I was pregnant. So that was kind of like a, you know, a weird, like, let's just get things going. But earlier this year, I, or earlier in the summer, I laid out like my whole plan for the next like six months. So it's the first time I've had like a strategic plan. And, you know, I'm adding things that are resources that are sort of like this passive income thing. So that's sort of what I'm I'm trying to do more of is the passive income and doing more coaching, doing more consulting, because those are things that can be very lucrative and also not take off very much time, if any. So that's where I want to go. And I think I just needed that time to figure out what what my passion was so I could get it out there and, and turn it into something I could charge for. Perfect. So going back, you, you were talking about how when you were selling this internally with your family, it was apparent to your dad, it was apparent to your husband because you had had these physical reactions, right? Not eating, high blood pressure, stress, you know, probably not sleeping well either. I don't know if you, you mentioned that. You talked about yeah. the anxiety. Yeah. And in the survey, you talked about giving yourself grace to do what you can and not stress about the rest. Mm -hmm. So how do you incorporate self-care into your workday? Well, self-care is hard when you have a baby and other littles. So self-care looks different probably for me than it might for other people. So self-care for me, honestly, is saying I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to not do anything. I'm going to get on my phone and play some stupid game or I'm going to read a chapter of a book. And what I mean by like let go of things to give myself grace and not stress, to me it's normally if I was in a, this full-time role when I was working for this woman, I never felt relaxed. I always felt like what am I going to do next? What am I forgetting? What am I, you know, what is she going to come up with next that I did wrong? So it was never, it was like never enough then. So now my self-care is just turning it off and saying, you know what? That thing that didn't get done was probably not that important in your relaxation. You going to bed at a normal time, you stopping to have a, a meal, you, you know, watching a movie with your daughter instead of, working while you're doing it, those things, that's self-care to me. Like that's prioritizing is, is a form of self-care for me is it, prioritizing myself saying you matter, your relaxation, your reg emotional regulation is important for you to keep going and to be successful. So that's what self-care looks like for me. And, you know, I, I really am a homebody to be quite honest. And especially with the little baby, it just, it's easier just to stay in, but you know, we have a pool here, it's Florida. So it's always nice. So sometimes that looks like I'm just going to go sit out in the chair and read my Kindle for a few minutes. And a lot of times that, that little bit helps me just say, okay, here's what's important. Here's not, here's what's not as important. And I, I never was able to flip that switch when I was working for somebody else. Great. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time on the show here. Uh, before you go, we've got a couple of rapid fire questions. If it still works for you. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. Question number one, what LinkedIn trend are you over by now? To be honest, I am so overseeing people saying, congratulate me on my new role because 
I have a very poor feeling about corporate world these days. And all I want to be is like, girl, they are exploiting you. You were not getting paid enough. <laughs> You're going to work your butt off. Like that's, I know that's what LinkedIn's for, but every time I see it, I'm like, oh, you should just, you should just start your own business. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Question number two is AI stifling creativity. Absolutely not. I have very strong feelings about this one. I have been using AI for writing for the past, I don't know, eight months now, just dabbling in it, but now really kind of getting into it. It helps me substantially be more creative because I might have an idea that's like not fully fleshed out and I can just pop it into chat GPT or I use one called Jasper. Um, dot AI. I can just go in there and chat with it literally and say like, here's the idea. Here's the things I'm thinking about doing for this. What are some other ideas that, you know, I'm, I'm missing or, you know, what, here's an example of one social media post. Can you give me two or three more? And I would never, ever recommend for someone to just take what the AI says and pop it into a blog. That is not, that is stifling creativity. I would say, take that. And that's your first draft. And you've cut out all that time that you had to just sit there and like stare at the screen. So I think in some capacity, it's, it's how you use it. It's really, it's embracing it and using it in an ethical way and using it in a, a way that that's just a tool. It's not going to do it for you. It's just going to add to the creativity. Perfect. All right. Question number three, what did you learn from your first boss that helped you shape your career? My first boss. Oh, that's a good one. The first boss, I had a couple bosses. The first really great boss I had, I'm still in contact with him. He's a wonderful person. What did I learn from him? He was just, he was so cool and calm in every situation. And I, it took me a while to appreciate that and appreciate how, you know, his, his demeanor helped the team function better. And so I think as a leader, I learned so much from him in that leadership can be empathetic. Leadership can be kind. Leadership can make everybody on the team better employees. And you, it doesn't have to be fear-based. It can be positive and it can be encouraging. And those are the things like that's looking back on it. That is the kind of leader that I think I've always really wanted to be and have been striving to, to kind of fit that. Um, so I think it, as far as how's it shaped my career, I, empathy is important in, in work, in anything you do. Um, but especially when you're working with other people. And I think that's something that a lot of we're learning as, as being work from home people. Um, I think we're having to learn to be more empathetic and be more aware of like other people's situations because we're in this, you know, unprecedented time, which we'll never see another precedented time again, I'm sure. But I think that that's it. It's, it's learning from him how to be empathetic. No, and it's super important, right? And uh, whether you're leading people, you're working with your customers, whether, I mean, it's so important. I mean, there's so many people that, I don't know, they they feel like, uh, you know, being a bully is, is okay and it's acceptable and it really never is. So last question for me, what impact will remote work have on mentorship 
for early career professionals? I think of mentorship um, in this work from home era a lot like being employed in this work from home era. We used to be confined to here's here's this geographic region and you have to pick the best candidates from this geographic region. It's the same way with mentorship. It's saying like, you know, you could be anywhere in the world and you can really find a mentor that aligns so perfectly with, with what you want to be. You're not just, here's the small group. And this person might be pretty good. Like it's another woman and she runs a business. Whereas you know, if I was looking for a mentor across, you know, anywhere in this world, maybe it's someone who is my age, who is from my background, is is running a very similar service or has experience doing exactly what I want to do. So I think that the work from home is going to get us more in this global community, um, more than just like the regional local community. Perfect. So Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show. It was my pleasure. Yeah. How how can folks get a hold of you? How, how can they take a look at your services available with uh, Honeycomb Marketing? Like, what's the best way to get a hold of so you? So the best way to get a hold of me, uh, my website is honeycombmarketing.co. Um, my email address is amanda at honeycombmarketing.co. And I'm on Instagram at honeycombmarketingco. So it's all the same across the board. Um, and I'm going to be adding a few courses um, in the coming weeks and months. I have actually two up right now that are one is writing for AI and another is um, a DIY audit. So I'm really trying to help people who are DIYing their marketing just do better. So you'll be able to go on the honeycombmarketing.co and find those. I'll put them on the homepage. And so I'd love to hear from, from anyone who needs some marketing help or some assistance. I'm happy to brainstorm and talk a little bit more about marketing. Perfect. Thank you, Amanda. We will definitely link to your website. Uh, we'll share the the links to the the courses that you're you're just released. And uh, hopefully we can get some folks who need some marketing insights, marketing help, and uh, get them connected with you. So, Amanda, again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It was great talking with you. All right. Thank you. Thank you.